This is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard DJ's Aviation Podcast. This is your home for everything aviation. From the latest news on aircraft, airlines, and airports, to documenting travel journeys unlike any other across the globe. Be sure to check out our second YouTube channel, Globetrotting at DJ's Aviation, where you'll find analytically driven coverage of the industry, which aims to answer your most burning questions. But for now, we're next in line for takeoff. So I'll pass you over to our host for today's proceedings, Dan. A very warm welcome back to the DJ's Aviation Podcast and a warmer welcome back than normal. Uh, It's been, in real time, nearly a month since I last published an episode uh, to the feed, and I can only apologize for that. If you've been living in Melbourne, Australia, you probably know that the flu has been going around, and I was pretty much out of action for two weeks, uh, either in bed, unable to stay awake for more than three hours, or coughing up um, mucus and disgusting other things pretty consistently. So, uh, recording a podcast was not something that was totally achievable, and look, I can only apologize, but I'm back, um, covering my review on Lufthansa. Now, I must right off the bat tell you that this review is not positive. If you've been able to tell by the title already, I can confirm there's nothing really positive to say in this review. You'll find out why I'll go into all the ins and outs, but... I know some people don't like it when I'm negative, and I totally get that, so if this is not your cup of tea and you don't want to hear me talk negatively about Lufthansa, uh, I would definitely tune into the next episode of the podcast, which is going to be on Norse Atlantic Airways, I think, or, or in experience in Germany, either one, and that will definitely be a lot more upbeat. But yeah, what else do I need to say before I begin? Oh yeah, the podcast is able, you can listen to it, pardon me, on any platform of your choosing, and uh, feel free to review it as well on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm a bit out of, um, what do they say? I'm a bit out of practice when it comes to the introduction for the podcast because it has been so long. Let's begin, though, with a Lufthansa 7478 flight from Singapore through to Frankfurt. Uh, for those that are confused as to why I'm in Singapore, just head back to the last episode of the podcast where I covered my review on Scoot and their Boeing 787. Spoilers in 3, 2, 1. That flight was absolutely incredible. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Would highly recommend Scoot and really couldn't say any bad thing about the experience. That, though, would change drastically by the time I boarded my Lufthansa flight. But let's not get into the negatives of Lufthansa just yet. More taking a look at uh, the experience before. If you know me, you know that obviously I do like traveling, but I must admit, I don't like the flying aspect. I think the most fun is being in the airport before your departure. I just love the feel. Um, I'm sure other people can resonate with me. The feeling of hope and going somewhere and everyone's traveling for whatever reason. It's just, I, I really like it as a, as a place to be. But on board the aircraft, I'm just not a fan of sitting for <laughs> 12 hours, 14 hours. I think that's because I'm Australian and we're so far away from anything. So if you want to go to America, Europe, Africa, Asia, like it's it's not a two-hour flight. It's it's quite a distance. Um, and while no matter where you're geographically located, you will have a long journey. When in Australia, you're probably at more of a disadvantage, if you will, when it comes to that. So uh, yeah, not the biggest fan and... Because I am normally, when I say normally, because I'm always in economy, uh, I think there's a bit of me that is just 
kind of sick of it. I think people that maybe are in the upper classes, of course, they're going to like the experience a little bit more, but I'm just not a fan of being crammed next to randoms on, say, very, very long 60-hour journeys. It can be... It can get tiring at a certain point. So, uh, arriving into Singapore, the Singapore Changi Transit experience is something I've done before, but never to the extent of collecting my bag and then checking back in. Um, I booked the ticket on with Scoot and Lufthansa all separately. So, this trip that I'm currently talking to you about, uh, every flight was booked separately. So, nothing was on... Uh, when I say that, I think one flight, two flights were on the same ticket, but that was just because I had a layover. Otherwise, everything was booked on a separate ticket. Why did I do that? Uh, I was looking for the most cost-effective way to travel, and I was using vouchers for some airlines, um, and ultimately, it actually worked out to be very, very cheap to do it the way I did, rather than just trying to go to my destination uh, on a single ticket with, say, a single airline and, and switching to a partner carrier. Um, so yeah, it's it's very complicated working out and finding an itinerary, but if you have the time to browse sites and understand how to look and pick dates and, and are flexible to a certain degree, and probably better if you're a solo traveler, you can actually get quite, quite good deals. Um, that being said, because I had priced myself so low for the scoot journey, one thing I really wanted, I knew I was going to Frankfurt, and one thing I really wanted to do was, well, try out Lufthansa, and obviously if I could get on board a 7478, then that would be an absolute bonus, and conveniently, uh, there was a Singapore to Frankfurt 7478 flight with Lufthansa. Now, again, I didn't know what to expect, I hadn't heard any negative or anything, well, when I say I hadn't heard anything negative... I obviously had heard rumblings that maybe Lufthansa wasn't the best airline in the world, but look, I've got to be completely upfront with you. I don't think I've heard many good things about any airline. Like, there's always negatives. I think how you always say the negative always outweighs the positive, and that's definitely the case when it comes to uh, feedback on airlines. I find that the the negative reviews or the issues with the company are always at, put at the forefront. Um, so... Yeah, I, I had heard a few things about Lufthansa, but certainly not knowing how they truly were service-wise, because while you can hear things, I think it's worth experiencing it for yourself. Uh, you never know what the experience for you may be like. I found some airlines that some people don't like I've enjoyed. I found some experiences on aircraft some people don't like I've enjoyed. Or maybe there's a very popular aircraft that people enjoy flying that I don't like. See what I mean? It's, it's kind of all over the place. So I went in booking this Lufthansa flight pretty unaware and not really sure of the experience. I certainly had no idea what the 7478 product was like. Uh, I do like to keep up with cabin products, but I'll be honest, it's not like my most, the biggest area of interest for me purely because I just kind of get on planes that are cheap <laughs> and um, it is what it is. I'm always in economy and the way I look at it is a seat is a seat. Uh, and I'll review the seat once I'm actually there. But because it's always economy, it's never going to be oh, a recline or, um, I don't know, you get your own personal storage or lavatory two seconds away or four-class meal. Like, it's economy. You're not going to ever get an, a spectacular experience. So it kind of is what it is. And then from there, I can determine if it was a bad economy experience or a good economy experience. I'm, I'm going on tangents. So let me get back to Singapore Changi. This was my first time properly transiting. Uh, interesting experience. Uh, it wasn't too bad at all. In fact, it was pretty easy. Um, customs I found a little bit confusing in immigration. I think there was something we needed to fill in that they didn't 
that wasn't made aware by Scoot and I had never done it before so maybe it's my own fault but luckily they did have signs telling us the form we needed to fill out and it was a quick thing to do on your phone uh, easily through immigration and then straight through to collecting the bag and by the time I got to uh, baggage claim uh, I it was already there so that was pretty good as well and then it was straight out through the doors and about 50 meters from there it was the jewel uh, which is the beautiful waterfall that you see in all the pictures at, as a center point coming down from the ceiling and you've got all the seating around it. I've seen these pictures all the time, but I never actually... I've flown through Singapore a couple of times, but I've never... I never went out of the airport and then came back in just because I, I had a layover, say, of a couple hours and I, I didn't want to risk getting, I don't know, not missing a flight, but risk doing something wrong to jeopardize my journey. But this time I knew I, I was traveling light and I had the time and... My gosh, truly, truly an experience. Um, I wish I could have spent longer there, but considering I didn't know which terminal I was really going to or where that was, I didn't want to waste too much time. There is also the Jewel Shopping District, which is where all the shops are. It's a multi-level uh, facility. Again, another thing I really would have loved to have a walkthrough. Um, it's unique. It's beautiful. It's unlike anything I've experienced at an airport before, so I must admit that gets a massive thumbs up from me. Uh but like I said, I did have another flight to catch, so I needed to make my way to figure out where on earth the bag drop was, where the terminal was, uh, because it did have a terminal switch. I just didn't know how far away that was or where I necessarily needed to go, per se. Um, it was the Disney 100 Years Celebration event as well. Uh, they have a show running every half an hour. This was in March. I don't know if they're still doing it, so uh, don't quote me on them still doing it. I didn't know it was running every half an hour, and in typical me fashion, I think I left at 8.26 p.m. to start walking to the terminal, and the show happened at 8.30 p.m., so yeah, I started hearing all the Disney music <laughs> as I was walking away, and I uh, thought to myself, oh yeah, that's that's pretty typical, isn't it? Just a tad. Uh, oh well, maybe I'll see if, maybe I'll look a video on YouTube or something. Yeah, so... The transit from terminal to terminal is done, well, for me, was done through a walking bridge, which I found very easy. Uh, travelators throughout and glass windows. It was dark at this point, so I couldn't necessarily see out. Uh, and and it's a, fu- a fun fact that I wanted to mention. This was uh, one of my f- the few times I've arrived into Singapore during the day. I think it's only the second time. So it was cool to at least experience part of the airport and stuff with some light coming in. Uh, just the way the timings work for airlines that I catch, especially in the Oceania region going into Changi, they're normally arriving uh, towards the evening, um, sometimes towards the night, and then usually the departures are, say, at 11pm, 10pm, 9pm, 8pm, back to the Oceania parts. Uh, especially, it's, it just works, because if you're, if you're leaving Singapore at, say, midnight, you're arriving into Australia at 8, 9 a.m., and if you're leaving Singapore at 11 p.m., you're arriving into Europe in the morning, it, it's just a perfect departure time for so many airlines. It just means, though, that you're not going to be able to see outside, uh, which can be a bummer for someone that enjoys doing that. Construction work is being done at Singapore Changi, and me saying that is almost pointless, I, th- I feel like every airport is having major construction works. Then again, you're always looking to innovate, expand, grow, renovate. It just feels like airports especially. Um, I know JFK is undergoing major works. Melbourne Airport's undergoing major works. Uh, it feels like oh, Los Angeles as well as they prepare for the Olympics. 
just a lot going on, a lot of construction, which can make it confusing. But what one thing I did like about Singapore Changi is the efforts they went to to make the airport still look nice, even though you were walking down a boarded hallway. Uh, the, the decals they had and the way they made it look and the lighting, it was still a nice experience. Arriving into the new terminal that I was departing from, found the Lufthansa check-in baggage system, and then very, very simply, you just scan your ticket and walk through. That is because the way they operate is they have their security at the specific gate. So if you're departing from, let's just say, B-52, well, you only go through security when you're going to depart your flight from B-52. So you can't go to G-25's gate and go through security and say, watch the planes. No, you go through security for your respective flight. This is similar to a couple of other airports around the world. Do I like it? No, I'm just going to be completely honest. I don't. Uh, I would prefer security to happen beforehand. I can understand why it reduces stress. I just don't like then the layout of the airport and the feel. If you've listened to my podcasts before, I don't think I've... Have I ever been in an airline lounge? Once. When Qantas upgraded me for free... That was the only time I've ever visited a lounge. I'm just, I'm not in, and I did that. I was like, oh, I better do it. Might as well. But I'm just not interested in doing that. I'd rather walk around the airport, look out the windows, look at the planes, soak in the atmosphere and enjoy it. And in an airport like Singapore Chang, you can't really do that. Uh, so I'm not the biggest fan of that, that part. And then even when it comes to pushing people through security, it actually still is just as much of a mess as if you do it beforehand. Because if anything, you have a smaller space to then house everyone. That can be emphasized only through a flight, say, of a 7478 when there are lots of people waiting to to board that plane. Uh, I did mention too, and this is just where the review kind of starts going downhill as I'm now getting onto the Lufthansa experience. Uh, Normally, I ask if I can either board a little bit earlier to clean down my seat a second time uh, because of my peanut allergy or I ask if crew can be alerted and if they can do something and, and such. On both both things, I was denied. So I was like, oh, well, it is what it is. Uh, eventually, by the time I got to board the aircraft, I sat down, tried to let the crew know. And uh, yeah, interesting to say the least. Interesting experience. Um, I mentioned to them I had the allergy and then they said, oh, well, we don't want to serve you any food. I kind of said, well... I don't really understand why, like, what's for dinner? And they just said chicken. I'm like, what kind of chicken and rice dish? Because obviously I understand if then peanuts are being served. And uh, they just said, oh, they, they explain. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it had nothing to do with nuts or peanuts. And they just said they didn't want to serve me. It was too risky. Uh, now, I understand. I understand probably their logic. I just was sat there a little bit confused and a little bit worried what that meant for everyone else. Um, like, realistically, I could have gone without eating the entire flight. The principle is, I'm not the only person that has a food allergy. And if then that is their immediate reaction to someone that does. And, yeah, while you have a flight of, say, 400 people, maybe. Oh, I don't even know what the percentage of people that would have an allergy. But, you know, it is high. There are people that do have this. And if this is their response, then I'm, I'm just a little bit concerned. Because then that means that... A lot of people are not getting fed on these flights, and these prices are not cheap, for Lufthansa especially. 
so at the very least, you would hope you, you get a meal. I always eat in the airport beforehand, so I can go without. And even if I don't eat in the airport, realistically, I'm going to be okay if I don't eat for 14 hours. Just because you're paying the ticket, you at the very least expect that. And uh, I found it weird that they were almost just refusing to provide me any meals on the aircraft. So I was just like, okay. I didn't want to argue with them. That's the last thing I wanted to do. I don't want to cause a confrontation. I kind of just expect, accepted in the end that they weren't going to feed me any meals for the flight because they were too scared because I had a peanut allergy. I carry an EpiPen with me. I showed them where the EpiPen was. They told me the menu. There was no risk to me of peanuts. Uh, I've had more risks on other flights. Um, yeah, just very, very odd. Uh, as for the 7478 product, again, I just want to reiterate, I booked this flight because I wanted to fly on a 7478. Am I happy that I did? Yes, absolutely. I'm so happy I ticked off the 7478. Would I fly it again with Lufthansa? Absolutely not. That plane is in a dire need of an upgrade. Um, the cabin product is terrible. Uh, there's no two ways of putting it. It's It's pretty atrocious for the Again, the amount of money, where I'm coming from is Lufthansa is a premium full-service airline, and the product that they've got on offer, paired with their service, is pretty below par for an airline that is charging those fees and branding itself as such a carrier. Uh, I can't tell you this happens on every flight, but when I made it known that I didn't enjoy my Lufthansa experience to the, to the wider community... Every response I got was, we're not shocked. I'm not shocked. I've had the same thing. I've had the same thing. And investigating further, if you remember what I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, uh, investigating further after my flight and even before my flight, it, it kind of became apparent that this seems to be a problem with Lufthansa. And in recent years, they've had a pretty big downfall in terms of customer perception of them. I know they're investing a lot in changing their cabin product for future aircraft, but that's future aircraft. Uh, all planes that they, they currently have are very slowly being refurbished, but it doesn't address all the issues currently persisting in, in their operations. And that 7478 really epitomized a lot of what was wrong. Uh, while it was probably isolated, my recline, for instance, did not work. It, it didn't hold in place in any position. Uh, the flight was full, though, so I couldn't be moved. Pair that with an IFE that honestly, is one of the worst IFEs I've tried to utilize. Uh, again, I don't use the IFE, but, and this is a big but, I do review all my experiences, so I kind of review it as someone that probably would, and I know a lot of people use the in-flight entertainment system, so I try and use it to see what it's like for other people, and especially if I'm doing a video review or even, even a more relaxed podcast like this, I want to be able to tell you the IFE's good, the IFE's bad. And the 7478 IFE was terrible. Uh, crashed, didn't work, didn't respond to touch. Um, yeah, <laughs> good luck trying to watch anything on that IFE. Good luck trying to click anywhere. It wasn't just me. I did double check, had a bit of a look around the cabin, and everyone that was trying to use it was having the exact same problem. The response times were just non-existent, like truly, truly non-existent. So, uh, where do I go from here? It, it was a red-eye flight, so the goal was to sleep. I struggled to sleep, but I think I managed to get a little bit of shut eye um, before we were awoken. <coughs> pardon me. Before we were awoken, still got a lingering cough 
from having the flu, but we were awoken to breakfast. You'll recall uh, how many hours earlier. I'm not too sure how many hours earlier, but earlier in the flight, I was denied dinner. Uh, they also didn't want to serve me breakfast. Um, I kind of pushed a little bit harder and said, like, well, why can't I have breakfast? Like, <laughs> are you giving me a peanut a peanut cereal? Uh, no, they weren't. All it was was a tomato and cheese sandwich about the size of a pointer finger. Uh, I should mention there is going to be a video review of this flight. So you will be able to see what I'm talking about in video form on my second YouTube channel, which is Globetrotting at DJ's Aviation. That flight review is going out, well, I'll say the date. I think it's scheduled for the midway point of July 2023. So if you're listening after, it's already live. If you're listening at the time of this publication, we're about a month out from it going live, but you're going to see the breakfast experience. Um, and it was just funny. It was like they were denying me a ham and cheese sandwich, which again, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> and I'm not trying to be stuck up. I'm not trying to expect more from an experience, but <laughs> a ham and cheese sandwich for a premium airline on a long haul flight. Are you, are you kidding me? Again, I am not experiencing, I'm not, sorry, I'm not expecting a full course English, a buffet, 50 trillion, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not expecting that, but a fingernail, a a finger long sandwich for breakfast, I just, just, it really, really dumbfounded me. And I think that was just the entire experience on Lufthansa. I just, I couldn't believe I was flying Lufthansa. I thought to myself, you could you could chuck the branding out completely and God knows, put a low-cost airline and the low-cost airline, well, how do I put this? Um, you could throw all the Lufthansa branding out and put some low-cost airline and an established low-cost one would still be better. It's just like, they're not even on the standard of a low-cost airline. For reference, I would fly North Atlantic Airways a couple of, well, five days after Lufthansa who charge significantly less and offer significantly less, but do so in a manner that is so much better than anything Lufthansa would be able to do on this flight. Um, beggar's belief. I, I, It was really disappointing. And, and people will say, oh, my flight was frustrating. It was a really annoying experience. I hated this. And honestly, by the time my flight was over, I was disappointed. I mean, excited because I was in Germany for the first time and in the end didn't really care and now don't really care because it's happened. But for for pure purposes of reviewing for you in this episode, I was left disappointed. Um, Again, I booked it because I wanted to try Lufthansa. I'm happy I did. It's just now a sign of, I mean, I don't know when I would ever fly them again because of where I'm geographically located. Uh, I just, I would just avoid them though. And um, you can listen to this and you can go book them or whatever, but I would, I would seriously stay away from the 7478 product in economy. It's, it's not worth it. Find an alternative for the amount of money they charge. You can definitely find something better and probably save money. Um, yeah, again, no, no real word other than just really disappointing. And hopefully you're able to understand through this review. And again, you'll be able to see the full video review in a couple of weeks on YouTube um, where you'll get a better understanding for what the product was like, what the IFE was like, the breakfast, and and then the podcast just allows me more time to explain everything, um, get a bit more personal, do it a bit more relaxed, 
as when I'm doing a video recording, I'm kind of bang, 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 trying to match my audio up with however long the clip is and condensing everything. So, yeah, Lufthansa says they're a premium airline. I know their reviews have gone down significantly in recent years. I don't really blame that whatsoever. Uh, really, really disappointed. I would not fly them again. I, I wouldn't recommend them based on my flight. Again, I can't speak for the rest of their network and the rest of their service, but, a massive but, from everything I've heard since my flight, everyone just knows that this is what you've come to expect. And uh, yeah, very, very disappointing. I apologize for the more negative review, but what I can say is every flight from here on out is actually brilliant and every experience is amazing and unforgettable. So I I just, I'm happy to kind of get this out the way and get this out there, but hey, it's still an experience. And if you know why I do these podcasts, I do them as much for the people that choose to listen as for me. They're a little video diary, a video blog, and they're detailing my own experience um, so I can come back here in God knows how many years and relive some memories with videos and pictures attached. So that was my review on my first ever time flying Lufthansa. Uh, and of course, on board their 7478 from Singapore to Changi. Next will be a review of my first time in Germany. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be published. I'm actually traveling at the end of this week and this week is the Paris Air Show. I'm recording this during the Paris Air Show, but day one has been very, very quiet. So I just thought, why not record an episode? But so don't I don't know when the next episode will be. Uh, like I said, life is definitely getting a little bit busy for the next few weeks. Um, so actually, it's not that I'm sick or don't have the time. I don't actually know if I'll even have the capability to record as I'm traveling and not bringing my microphone. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but thanks a lot for your support. Apologies for the long wait. I know a lot of people were probably waiting for this episode and <laughs> excited to hear about my thoughts and uh, how they're not entirely positive. But uh, yeah, take care and be safe. Uh, I'll either see you across on YouTube or if you just listen to the podcasts, appreciate you and uh, hopefully see you or hear from you. See, it sounds weird to say see, but I don't really know the wording. Hopefully you'll hear from me again sometime soon. There we go. Uh, Take care and see you next time. I did it again. See you next time. You'll hear from me very soon. Let's just end it there before it gets into a whole tangent again. And a very warm welcome to your destination. Please keep your seatbelt fastened for the following. This has been the DJ's Aviation Podcast. One of the most unique podcasts on the internet. Offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. From news to incredible stories detailing trips worldwide. Leave a review and follow the podcast on your preferred streaming platform. For onward connections, check us out on Twitter at DJ's Aviation or the show notes to join our partner Discord server. See the website and more. And we'd like to thank you sincerely for listening. And we look forward to seeing you back on board shortly for another episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast.